Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is brought to you by Live Casino, as always, good friend of the podcast. And as we do in day two of the week, is dig in deeper to the Steelers' victory over Carolina. You know what time it is? It's time for football and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosk and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, I got, here's the format for today. I've got a bunch of notes, just random notes. Uh, and then we are going to do further stock up, stock down. And then we'll go over defensive snap counts. You know, we did offensive yesterday. Defenses are, hard. it takes a day to get, to get, to get a hold of these. Um, so sort of steal our defense, some notes on that side of the ball. I mean, what really stood out to me that was different than the last six quarters, the, the the second half against Atlanta and the whole Ravens game is I thought the Steelers didn't stick to blocks like they did in, the, in those six quarters. And a lot of it was I thought they were a lot more aggressive, violent, especially with their hand placement of taking on blocks. I, I don't go to practice. I can if I want to, but it's not convenient for me. But I wonder if that was a point of emphasis of – how to take on blockers, getting your hands inside with power, stack, shed. But I thought they did a much better job of getting off blocks in this game, which was key. I mean, they they had a little more snap in their hips, a little more power on impact. That was good to see. Um, a, a schematic thing we saw in this one was we saw a fair amount of 4-D line. And when I say D-line, I'm talking about the defensive line room. Nose tackles, what we call DNs, 3-4 DNs. Big people, you know, the 290-plusers. We saw a, a fair amount of four defensive line packages, you know, with like Liao or Loudermilk acting as a D-end. Nose, Cam, Joby, almost like a four-man front of beef, you know, some size up front. And at times, and in those situations, and we've seen this over the years, often against the Ravens, they would take Watt off the line of scrimmage and make him almost as a, a true linebacker, which makes him a little more difficult to block in terms of the protection schemes. And as linebackers go, he's big and thick and physical too. So it's harder to you know, move, the, move those bodies in the run game, and that worked out well. Um, some other nuggets here, some of which I just swiped from people that wrote this game up and, and some of them I just observed myself, but so Carolina had one touchdown drive in this game, right? And overall they finished with 209 yards. So they had a very good drive aided by some other, you know, some Steeler problems, but they gained 90 yards on that touchdown drive. So and only 209 overall. <laughs> I mean, you, you can figure out the math. I mean, the rest of the game, they hardly did anything. If, it, if you would take that drive out of it, then I kind of hate that kind of analysis. Just take all the bad things out, take all the good things out. But on that touchdown drive, they averaged 8.2 yards per play. But of their other 35 snaps, they only averaged 3.4 yards per play. I mean, 8.2 versus 3.4. So they have one good drive. Um, speaking of drives... Rarely do you see this, but meaningful drives, like not 
end of the half, end of the game, get the ball, kneel. You know, like trying to move the ball like normal football. Both these teams had eight meaningful drives. That's a very, very low number. And part of it's because the Steelers had an unbelievably long drive. And, you know, I mean, and that's the formula they're trying to do here, especially against when they play more dynamic teams. You know, like the Raiders offense is much more dynamic and scarier than the Panthers. If you can hold the Raiders to eight drives in a game, figure it out. I mean, that's just levels of playing field a great deal. Um, Mentioned this before, but gave a thumbs up to red zone offense. But just to reiterate, they were three for three scoring touchdowns inside the 20. It's been obviously a problem area, and it was on the ground. You know, I mean, they pound the ball in the end zone three times on the ground. So, that I mean, uh, you know, really working the ground game inside the red zone, um, and they were three for three. Red zone has been a problem. Now, this is going to sound bad, and it's just something I'm kicking around in my head. We know how well the Steelers ran the football, and – Sims had a 20-some yarder on, you know, his, his typical one end around or whatever. But Harrison Warren, and this is starting to worry me a little, or more, it's more like what if. Because this is kind of who they are. A long run between the two of them was 10 yards. One of them had a 10-yard run, one of them had a 9-yard run. And my point is, by no means, because this is not how I build teams, but what if they had a more dynamic runner? Like... With all respect to Harrison Warren, they played really well. But if they had Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, you know what I mean? Like, there would be 50-yard runs. You know, like, one of the problems with this offense, and I'm not bashing them while they're up. You know, it's just, what if there was a more dynamic ball carrier that could break long ones? Imagine, because the work is being done up front, the blocking, but these guys aren't going to bust 30-yarders. And again, I am not saying... Use your first round pick on B. John Robinson out of Texas and get a running back. No, no, there's other things to fry. Just kind of a what if. Um, tight ends. <laughs> I'm still a little baffled on tight ends, and we're going to get to them later in the show, too. I talked a lot about Fryermuth. I'm going to talk to people today and see what's going on with that. Only one tight end catch in this entire game, four yards. The gentry, you know, the typical gentry screen that we see every game that he catches at the one, one yard past the line of scrimmage, falls down for four. I mean, okay, great. One tight end catch in this game. But they did, watching the game again, had a lot of two and three tight end sets. And for the most part, tight ends blocked well. Get to gentry in a minute, but I thought the receivers blocked well as well. You know, it's not just the running game isn't just O-line and ball carriers. So I want to stress this a little bit too. I talked about that 21-play drive to eat up 11:43 and put the Steelers up 21-7. So Steelers went 5-for-5 five five on third downs during that drive. Trubisky was 6-for-7 for 54 yards, and the running game produced 52 yards on 14 attempts on that drive. I mean, that, these are odd numbers. Uh, they overcame the, the Deontay's taunting call. Um, I mentioned the Sims corner on the end around. Uh, my note there was, boy, I still don't like that call, but it was a big game. Big block on that play by Pickens when I call those guys out as well. And 
you give the you know, I mean the Panthers sitting in the in the uh, halftime, they don't get the ball back until there's like three minutes left in the quarter. It's the first time they touch the ball since the first half. So, just a really impressive drive. Um, I didn't realize they were five for five on third down conversions, and Trubisky was six to seven on that drive. Um, and in, in general, on third down, he was six of eight for 109 yards on third downs. It's not all third and ones either. And he also converted some as, as a ball carrier. Um, five of those third down conversions, completions went to Johnson. So he had six completions on third down. Five of them went to Deontay. And Deontay converted all five of his third down catches into first downs. So he had 10 receptions for 98 yards. Five of them were on third downs and they converted. I mean, that's huge. And I mean, not every catch is created equal. So he was clutch as well. Something that's obviously been a little bit of a knock on him. Um, let's take a little break. I'm going to do my you know, further stock up, stock downs, talk defensive snap counts as well. Some interesting stuff there. Stock up. Some of these are carryovers from yesterday, but just want to reiterate. I'm going to start with the Panthers. I mean, let's give the other guys some credit, too. Yeah. Darnold played much better than I expected, and watching him a second time, he wasn't the reason they lost. DJ Moore was really good in this game, too, and I, they were both were stock ups for me yesterday. Just want to throw that out there, though. DJ Moore is an excellent player. He played like an excellent player. Darnold is not an excellent player, but he did not kill this team. Watching their two inside linebackers, Thompson and Luvu, both those guys played every snap. And I've warned you that they're a good pairing, you know, and they're never going to leave the field. But they're a lot better at inside linebackers than the Steelers are. You know, those guys made a lot of plays. And Steelers linebackers just aren't making a ton of plays. And we're going to, I'm going to give some credit here to those guys, though, too. But that was that's a good group there. And another guy I war, warned you about, Derek Brown, who's really come into his own. He was a top 10 pick. He played a whale of a game despite a losing effort in the middle of the D-line. Caused problems for the Steelers' interior blockers, all three of them. Um, and he was rarely out of the game. Showed immense stamina for a big, big guy. So some guys we talked about going in from the Panthers, I just wanted to throw some a little credit to. Deontay was even better in this game than I thought. As a route runner, just doing anything he wanted. Uh, Trubisky was better than I thought, too, on second viewing. Going through his progressions, getting the ball out quick, decisive. Two guys I'm hard on, especially Gunner. Um, I thought Gunner and Sims both had good days. Sims usually does. You know I'm not thrilled with a lot of Gunner love, but they both had good games, mostly out of the slot. I thought Dotson and Daniels, both guards, were exceptional in pass protection in this game. And it's not something we talk about a lot, you know, guards and pass pro. But they both were really, really good. And Daniels was kind of doing that every week at this point. I mean, he's a well above average starting guard. Dotson's a little more inconsistent, but he has moments, man. I thought Highsmith was phenomenal in this game. And 
just stopping the run, doing his job, forcing things inside against a good young left tackle. Highsmith's a guy you can't let walk out the door. I know that decision doesn't have to happen soon, but, you know, he he's, he should be a fixture here. And, again, I just gave Gunner some credit. I got to give Spillane some credit. Um, he played very well versus the run. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Pass was still a problem. I thought Bush played another solid game. So, you know, I just talked about the Panthers, inside linebackers, off-the-ball linebackers. This was a good game for the Steelers linebackers, off-the-ball guys, by their standards, though. You know, like I'd much rather have Thompson and Luvu, and those guys aren't, you know, the best pairing in the league or anything. So, uh, just kind of comparing those. Um, some some downs, some thumbs downs here. Interior, the Panthers O-line was really rough. And part of it's because Cam and Ogunjobi and those guys played really well. But boy, I, I expected more from their guards and center. Bad, bad. Uh, this was a really bad game by Foreman, too. I mean, some of the – he didn't make anything on his own, couldn't – didn't show any acceleration, kind of looked like a beat-up, worn-down power back that didn't have a lot of juice, you know, not any change of direction. He was very unimpressive to me in this game. I don't think the announcers ever mentioned it, but I saw it on today's snap count. Uh, C.J. Henderson only played four snaps in this game. I assume he got hurt because – him and Horn are the outside guys, and that really worried me in this game was Henderson and Horn versus Johnson and Pickens I thought was going to be a fair fight. Didn't end up being a fair fight, I mean, especially whoever's covering Johnson, which was sometimes Horn. But um, Henderson only played four snaps in this game. Uh, Walker came in. Sometimes these announcers make me crazy. They don't tell you these things as you're watching. Um, but losing Henderson was a big deal for them. He's been very good for them. Um, one of my kind of whipping boys, Gentry, I mean, you would think he played a very good game and, you know, he caught his one ball. I watched him specifically run blocking and I didn't think he did that great a job. I mean, collectively, the team ran, run blocked very well. You would assume he was part of that. But again, if he's going to play that much and be that prominent in the offense, I want him to be a killer, not just, yeah, that was okay. And that was, that was okay. You know, I mean, that's that's who he was as a run blocker. So, tight end situation baffles me a little bit. So, uh, defensive snap count, there's not a ton to take away. And they were only on, only on the field for 46, you know, snaps total. Like I said, only eight drives. So, the D-line rotation of 46 possible snaps. Hayward played 39, which is a pretty high percentage for a guy his age, obviously. Joby played 31. And then there's a big drop-off. I mean, I mentioned how they used Liao and Loudermilk more, and as well as we're seeing more nose tackle snaps. But big drop-off. I mean, Liao was at 12, and I think he's going to be a good player. Alu-Alu uh, was at 12 as well. Adams was at 11. So they were basically at a 50-50 split on the nose. And Loudermilk at 9. So Cam and Ogunjobi did more heavy lifting than they usually do. And, and I bring this up, too, just because... Is that going to be life after Warmly? Do they not? My hunch is if Warmly would have been healthy, he would have played 20. You know, where Ogunjobi played 31, Leal played 12. Warmly would have probably fit in there, stole two or three from Cam, stole two or three from Ogunjobi, a couple from Loudermill, a couple from Leal. So I'm just curious, is there going to be a big gap, Cam, Ogunjobi, gap, third D lineman? And the season's short, that probably isn't that big a deal, but if it were much longer, that would worry me. Um, 
Wasn't a big KZ game, only 15 snaps from him. So about a third of the time he was out there. That's low, but I think that's just a game plan specific type of deal. Now, I mentioned the inside linebackers. Um, again, 46 possible snaps. Spillane played all, which is rare because usually Bush has been the heaviest snap count guy. Spillane never left the field. Bush only played 25 in this game. Can't quite unpeel what the logic is there. And I mentioned Mark Robinson, and I did realize he did play. Uh, he made a play, but he only played seven snaps in this game on defense. So intrigued to see more. I, I know he doesn't quite know what he's doing. You know, I mean, so you can't just put him out there if he doesn't know what he's doing just because he's fast. But 46 of 46 snaps for Spillane versus 25 for Bush. Not sure on that one either. Kind of like the tight end thing. Got to wrap my noggin around that. Last thing here in case you're unaware, as it stands right now, the Steelers own the 14th overall pick in the first round. Probably aren't going to be a top 10 type of drafting team, guys. I mean, it's just not the way this works. And because Denver, um, Denver won. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Bears now are solely sitting with the second overall pick. Why is that important? Because the Steelers own the Bears' second round pick. So as that stands right now, that'll be the second pick in the second round. There's only 31 picks in the first round. So that is the 33rd pick overall. So as it stands right now, the Steelers would own, what was that? 14, 33 and then 45-ish. That can change with tiebreakers and things. But three picks on top 45 is going to make you better. So we'll talk a lot of that kind of stuff going forward. But over and out, good chat. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow.